Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello and welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. I love it, Paul. It's <laughs> nice to be back on your show once again. It's been a while. You know what, John? You're a returning guest. Folks, this is John Skidmore, a good friend of mine that goes way back. He is a psychologist specializing in performance and, and especially helping people to overcome the anxieties that they might feel to get into what you call flow. Right. We'll talk about that a little bit. I want to acknowledge also right up front, John, that your new book, Conquer Anxiety, How to Overcome Anxiety and Optimize Your Performance, uh, this showed up in my mail. Yes. Not too long ago. <laughs> and I was excited about that and excited for you because it's been a long time in coming and uh, something that I think really contributes to our understanding of anxiety and how we can get past that to really perform at a high level. So congratulations on your book publication as well. You know, thank you. What a great project to be a part of. <clears throat> it is so fun to be able to see years of work and experience come together yeah. and be put into a single tool to make a difference for other people's lives. Right. It's, uh, you mentioned this earlier, John, as we were kind of visiting and, and getting ready for the show that um, way back when you and I met, we both thought we knew stuff, but we've learned since that we didn't. <laughs> well, we, right? knew, we knew what we knew, but you, there's like, wow, there's a lot of stuff we didn't know. <laughs> it's pretty amazing uh, when, when you consider the experience that comes in now a couple of decades of clinical experience as we have both practiced in the field of psychology and we've, we've focused on different aspects or elements of that, but you come to a place where you realize, wow, I didn't even know what I didn't know. <laughs> right? A lot of stuff I didn't know I didn't know. The expertise that you've developed, John, specifically in the area of performance and uh, overcoming the barriers that get in the way of performing at a high level. Now, you've, you've applied this uh, with musicians and with artists, but, but also with people who are engaged in business activities or, or just life, yes. parenting, relationships. Um, we get to, to hear from you a little bit about what you've come to understand about that. Great. Where do you want to start us? Well, probably the starting point really is the awareness that I see today of just how much information is available. In other words, how big this toolbox could be. Yeah. And we just don't get much of a toolbox. We kind of get stuck inside of our own head. Oh yeah. Right. And then, and we roll with that as if there's nothing else outside of that. But you're saying there's a lot of resources available to us. We may not even be aware of. Well, and that's probably one of my biggest frustrations as a psychologist through my career is to keep running into people who don't know about the resources that are available. Right. That could make a difference for them. And they get yeah. stuck in those patterns and they keep repeating those patterns. And there's so much information out there. But yet getting mm -hmm. access to it and really making it work in a person's life is one of our biggest challenges. 
Right. Your book title is Conquer Anxiety. It's interesting. I mean, we could have a discussion about both of those words. Sure. Um, fear, anxiety, uh, probably one of the biggest barriers to performing at a level that, that could be really extraordinary. Would you agree? Absolutely. And there's actually some really interesting physiological reasons for this that go way beyond the fear itself. Yeah. Uh, when you start to look at what happens to the brain, and this is what's interesting when you look at what's occurred in my lifetime, in our lifetime, in our career, um, back when I started this whole idea about anxiety, it was kind of like, oh, there's a thing called a stress response. There's a mind-body connection. Mm-hmm. Like, this is mm-hmm. really amazing. Right. Well, now we actually understand that, um, for example, when we get triggered into the stress response, our frontal cortex kind of fades away and that midbrain right. lights up and just yeah. takes total control. Right. And suddenly we're thinking and doing things that, well, I didn't want to do that. Or I, I was going to do this. And mm-hmm. when the musician says, well, I've been preparing for six months and I get out there on stage and like it disappeared, I must've forgot it. It's like, no, you didn't forget you didn't anything. Forget. It's like that midbrain overcame all your other parts of your brain. It took mm-hmm. charge and you now mm-hmm. think you're in danger and you're running away. Right. You don't need to remember the concerto you've been memorizing when you're going to go save your life by running away. This is a survival mechanism that's built into our brain. Absolutely. You talk about the prefrontal cortex and the the, the limbic system or the midbrain areas that control our fight or flight response. There's actually brain scan studies that prove this. I know. It's fascinating. That when, when our fight or flight mechanism is activated, there's actually a decrease in blood flow to the prefrontal cortex. And, and folks, the, the prefrontal cortex is the part that we typically associate with thinking, logic, problem solving, but also higher cortical functions like empathy, compassion, forgiveness. That all shuts down. Sure does. Which makes sense if you're being chased by a bear. Absolutely. Because this isn't the time to sit down on a stump and think it through. <laughs> right. Uh, your brain is designed to take care of you. So you've found ways to help people not only have a higher awareness of that, but to actually take some level of control or, or intentional uh, direction over where their mind is going. Absolutely. I like to describe this as the five stages of peak performance. Okay. I like to think of this as an actual tool because when you look at a performance from our midbrain, it's going to be a good or bad thing. It's going to be a right or wrong thing. It's going to be a success or fail. It's going to be yeah. a win or lose thing. And we're going to have that emotional reaction that goes with that. Even if we're just wondering what it'd be like to fail at this, it's going to create an emotional reaction. Right. Um, we start to worry about not doing as well or going into an audition and not getting it or a job interview and not getting it. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. these are all things that start to activate that midbrain. And that flood of super juice, again, prepares us to run away from grizzly bears, to bolt away from rattlesnakes. Right. It does not prepare us to be in a creative, responsive thinking kind of pattern for a job interview question or to deal with what's going on stage right now. Right. And so recognizing that is really important. One of the things I like to describe about the brain is the midbrain really is for those all or nothing kinds of events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the frontal cortex is this part of the process of life. Yes. The beginning, the middle, and the end. It's what this means, how I respond to this, Mm -hmm. how this fits into my life in a bigger context. Right. 
And so one of the fun things that I've developed in the, the book, the Conquer Anxiety book um, put together, it has a unique feature to it compared to most books on anxiety because we're talking about how to put our life into these five stages, how to put a day, how to put um, a job interview, how to put uh, the business presentation, how to put the piano recital for the 10-year-old into these five stages. And so it can, it can be generalized across a number of different contexts then. Absolutely. These stages are a predictable way that our, our, our mind or our brain is processing our experience. And what's so interesting about this is you study the research on flow, the five stages are literally a flow hack. Ah. If you understand these five stages, you're going to increase the likelihood of being in flow no matter what you're doing. And you're going to understand okay. how you bounce out of flow. And you're going to stand, understand what tripped you up and how to get back into flow. Yes. So it sounds like it's pretty important to understand these five stages. It's vital. And Let's they're really simple. Yeah. They're really, really simple. See, the five stages starts with the foundation of your performance. You have a goal. You have a vision. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's your motivation for this? Is it deeply personal? Is it financial? Is it emotional, social? But, I mean, you have a motivation behind this. Right. Is it internal or is it more external? Mm -hmm. Why are you doing this? My mom's making me. That's not a very personally uh, motivating kind of experience. Right. Why am I doing this? Well, if I don't, I'm going to get fired. Okay, mm -hmm. that's still a very anxiety-generating kind of thing. Right. Compared to why am I doing this? This is my choice. This is my passion. A student asked me one day, Dr. Skidmore, you got to help me. Well, what's going on? My senior recital's coming up. All right. Well, I'm freaking out. I'm blowing off my practice time. I'm not progressing in my lessons. It's like in three weeks. Hell, mm -hmm. well, I went mm -hmm. right to stage one. So what's your goal? My senior recital. Why are you doing this? They're making me. Uh, what's your current mindset about this? I'm hating it. I'm stressing out. So that's a threat that triggers your, your natural defensive response. Absolutely. And when that super juice gets in the system, we're not at our best to deal with fine motor control. We're not at our best with complicated memory or processing. We're not at our best with responsiveness, yeah. responsiveness to things. It's react. Everything you need for the performance, in other words, is exactly. gone out the window. Absolutely. So it was really right. clear for this student, her goal was to do, become a great music teacher. She chose to get a degree in piano performance, and she knew full well about the senior recital. Right. And she loved to teach students how to perform. Mm -hmm. When she reestablished that connection to stage one, it was like, okay, I got this now. Uh, I'm, I'm doing what I choose to do. I'm enjoying this. I'm excited about this. It's kind of like Simon Sinek said, yeah. start with why. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And really figuring out that why. Yeah. And just intentionally designing. There's a part of the brain here I like to refer to it as the decider brain. We can decide to bring a mindset to something. I choose to be bold, confident, free. I choose to be excited, creative, responsive. I choose to be. This is my intention when I step out there on stage. Yeah. And to be able to set that that's up powerful. is really, really powerful. Yes. See, that's one of the things that helps us create an intention for flow. Stage two is simply we got to be prepared. Well, we got to okay. be prepared technically, logistically, musically, whatever else, whatever skills we need to have. We got to have a skill set. Yeah. What we don't get trained in is the mindset to support the expression of the skill set. See, the midbrain creates the expectation. Mm -hmm. But when we can start to create a skill set to support the expression, 
of our or the mindset to support the expression of our skill set. Mm-hmm. We learn about managing our anxiety. We learn about attention focus control. We learn about managing attitudes. We learn about responding to breakdowns. Yeah. That's what we do in stage two. Okay. Mindset and skill set. Here is an amazing little flow hack, no matter what you're doing. Okay. To transition from stage two to stage three, make the statement, my preparation is complete. Oh, wait a minute. How can, you know what? I'm remembering something you told me in our first interview on this show, which was years ago, Mm -hmm. but you were talking about um, a group you were working with. I think it was young, young people in a musical performing group, a band or something. And, and it had to do with a donut. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. Where, uh, (laughs) where the coaching was, Hey, sometimes you just have to call it complete, even though there's holes in it, right? Uh-huh. And this student, I think, responded, complete with a hole, like a donut. Like a donut, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. I haven't heard of that for a long time. I, that just came right back to my mind. Wonderful. That was in our previous conversation. My preparation is complete. What a powerful thing to be able to determine, because as soon as you decide it's complete, you're no longer worrying about if you've done enough. Yeah. That is a powerful transition to what's coming next. Yes. And and I'm going to put you off for just a minute as we take a little break here, John. You've set this up beautifully for us. This is John Skidmore today at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back after this break. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. DrPaulJenkins.com. And we're back. Dr. John Skidmore (laughs) at Live On Purpose Radio today, a returning guest. Yes. What a privilege. There's only a handful of those. I feel really honored. Thank you. In the 13 years that I've been doing this podcast, uh, there's only a handful of returning guests, and you're one of them. So thank you. Happy to be here. I mean, that's awesome. Hey, John, before the break, you were setting us up uh, to understand these five stages and you said something powerful about declaring that your preparation is complete. And, And that struck me as being so powerful because that switches something in your mind. Talk about that. And then lead us into the next one. One of the key components of the flow state is that you have an experience where the demands of the task are met with your skills. In other words, what's being asked of you, you've got to give. You can do this. You've got it. You've got it. I got this. I can do this. Right. 
Well, one of the things that happens too often is performers start to psych themselves out Mm -hmm. because they may have a great level of mastery. I got this. I can do this. And then they go to this place of, but what if I didn't practice enough? Or maybe I should have practiced more. Or what if I don't have this? Right. And then they forget they got it. Or they worry about not doing it right. And so rather than being able to say, no, I got this, Mm -hmm. they go, ah, what do I do? What if? Right. Triggers their midbrain, flood of super juice, neurochemicals start, chemicals start to interfere with what they know how to do. Yep. And it gets caught up in a cycle of less than what they wanted to do. We're off to the races with that chemical party. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's quite the party. Indeed. So that statement of my preparation com- is complete really gives you some confidence in saying, I've got my gift ready. Mm. This is yep. as pretty, as, as shiny, as big as it's going to be right now. Yep. And so now my next job, stage three, Mm -hmm. is to get myself in the mindset and in a physical presence so I can share this with you the way I would like to. Yes. I can actually give you my gift. Mm -hmm. And so that stage three is really all about the pre-performance routines, not the rituals. I got a great story of a ritual, a drum major in a high school marching band Uh en route to California on a competition. He's on the bus and he freaks out because it's like, Oh, no, 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 no. I... Anyway, he's now going through his um, gym bag. His bag. Uh-huh. He's looking at his white gloves, and he's panicking. Because in his mind, he had it set up that if his gloves were clean, he could catch the baton at the finale. If uh, his gloves were dirty, he'd drop it. That sounds more like a superstition. Well, I like to put superstition <laughs> in the ritual, or superstition kind of in the same thing. Right. Yeah, because I like the word routine more so than ritual or superstition. Yeah. And it was very much a superstition. No one told him this was a good idea. This is going to help you catch the baton of the finale. See, that's clean, clean gloves are essential. Yeah. No, no one told him that. It was an attempt to reduce his own anxiety. He took his gloves with him to the next gas station, tried to wash them in the sink. Long story short, he dropped the baton of the finale. He couldn't get his gloves clean enough. Set up his brain to do that. Absolutely. He totally oh. set himself up to do yeah. that. Yeah. And so as we look at this process and saying, what do we want routines to do Mm -hmm. in this phase? We want routines to get ourselves mentally focused, physically primed, focused in on what we're doing. So that's all that's really in our focus. That's all we really want to be thinking about. It's not time to think about grocery shopping as you're getting ready to go out on stage. Right. That's not the time to think about grocery shopping. It's time to think about, I've got my gift. And I want to bring a bold, a confident, expressive, a dynamic attitude to this. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to jump. That's just what I'm going to do. Right. See, stage four is jump. Stage four is, I like to refer to it as the sandbox. Mm. I had a student one night out in the community. We just encountered each other. And he came up to me and gave me a big high five. Dr. Skidmore, my band and I, we played Friday night. And we sandboxed it. Sandboxed. I'd never heard that term before. I knew exactly what he meant. We were in our favorite place to play, and we were playing. Yeah. And see, when you think about a great performance, a great moment, whether it's uh, with your children, at work, um, doing surgery, in therapy, coaching somebody, Mm -hmm. what do we experience? Well, we have the skills to meet the demands of the task. Yeah. We're present in that moment. 
in a positive, encouraging, creative kind of way. There's that flow with it. This makes things move in that positive direction. Um, we're enjoying this. Hmm. Time slows down. It just like time disappears. It's like, oh, it's over. Right. And then it's like, okay, did I, in a sense, stay in the sandbox during this experience? Um, I had a faculty member at uh, Brigham Young University come to my performance psychology class. Mm -hmm. And he asked if he could perform for us. And I said, please honor us, please. Yes. And so we're in one of the concert halls um, there, and he's out there in the middle of his performance. And all of a sudden, we hear this big heavy metal door clank open and shut. Uh. Now, it was a distraction to me. Mm -hmm. And it didn't seem to bother him at all. He just went on. Yeah. But after the performance, he was talking about when he heard that door, his first thought was, I did not reserve this room. Oh. <laughs> See, that, that was taking him out of flow. That was taking, taking him out yeah. of the performance. You were right. in the moment of the performance. Mm -hmm. And he realized, I got to let that go and just get back into the performance. Yeah. Because you, you only have so long out of flow before they're like crashing on before something. Before you crash and burn. Yeah. It's like texting and driving. I mean, it's like you only have so long before there's going to be a problem. Right. Your attention right. is shifted. And so bringing your attention back into the performance, which he was able to do, and he finished fine and nobody else knew, but it was just interesting to see how that shift of attention. Yeah. yeah. Um, I happened to be singing a solo in one of the choirs I was a part of. Mm -hmm. the first half of the solo, I was totally in flow with this. It was beautiful. It was great. Well, I had yeah. a two measure rest at which point I started to pat myself on the back. Like that is sounding really fine. Like you're doing a great job as I realized the conductor just cued me to start my next segment. I barely made it in. Yeah. My attention shifted that fast. Uh. And so really looking at that, that skill of attention, focus and control is so vital to be aware of, where is our attention going? How do we keep it where we want it? When we're yeah. in that flow state, we're just with it, and it just comes and goes. We're right there. Sometimes you have right. to struggle. There's things that fight for our attention. Um, sure. The idea of a yes and experience is a great mindset to bring into flow. Mm. Okay, the door just clanked, and I'll think about that later. I'm just going to keep on going. Right. So it doesn't derail everything. Right. I, I saw an actor, this, this is a great example of a derailment, but this is such a funny story. The Wizard of Oz, they're in the final scene where the scarecrow is going to get torched by the Wicked Witch, Dorothy's going to throw the bucket of water, all this stuff is just, the mayhem is occurring. Yeah. In his flailing around, he kicked the stand that had the globe on it, the, the sphere on it. Oh. The crystal ball. It fell off and bounced on the floor. Well, he didn't do the yes and in his performance. He broke character. He jumped up so fast, grabbed it, put it back on the stand, and then fell back on the floor and flailed. Oh. <laughs> it's like he totally broke character. Yeah. He should have done the yes and and just let that ball, the globe, bounce on the floor and roll. <laughs> do what it's going to do. Now, if there was a real fire, he should have got up and put that out. But just the globe, you know, that sphere falling over – he didn't yes and that. And that's one of the great yeah. things that's fun about flow is we just roll with it. We go with it, we stay in it, and it's working. You see examples of this with, with people whose performances really stick out. Absolutely. In your mind, and, and they're memorable and worthy of an encore. Absolutely. Because they can do that, and you can sense that they're in that flow. 
Well, and you're a part of that experience. You're connected right. with that experience right, and right, you're right. joining with them and it can be absolutely magical. And those, that's one of the things that in terms of live performance, which is just invigorating. It is so fun to be just captured in that moment with them. Yeah. And then it's over. Then it's over. Now, stage four is your performance. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line with any performance, the majority of what you're hoping for is going to show up and work. And there's mm-hmm. a chance there'll be a few things that didn't. A pretty good chance. Pretty good chance. Yep. Now, if there's a surprise, and sometimes surprises happen, all bets mm-hmm. are off. It's right. like just cope with the surprise. Your music falls off the stand. Your partner didn't come in when they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a surprise. It's like all bets are off. Expectations are off the table at this point. How do we yes and this? How do we cope with this? Right. And just get through it. Okay. And then the thing about stage five that's so important, Paul, is recognizing whatever occurred here is something that we want to be able to use to enhance, to shine, to polish our next performance. We don't want whatever occurred here to get in the way of that. One of the saddest stories I've ever heard was a young man who in February auditions for and gets his college scholarship. In May, after his performance at his high school awards assembly, he resigned his scholarship and he quit playing his cello. Oh, no. It's a no-no. I mean, it's a tragedy. Yeah. And it's a tragedy because it wasn't about his skill set. His skill set got him a scholarship. His mindset skills. He didn't have the skills to get through that. And to go back and look at that process, and that's the thing I find so exciting. I've had professionals call me and say, this happened in my performance. What happened? I walk them through these five stages and we go, oh, this happened here and this happened here and we didn't get this done here. Mm. Um, Okay, let's look at how this lines up all the way through your performance. Mm -hmm. And this was the result of the outcome. And now there's next time. You're not done yet. Yeah, what worked, what didn't, what are we doing next time? Right. What a simple yet powerful thing to look at. That's stage five. That helps to put errors and mistakes and failures into context. Yeah. And it's a context in your frontal cortex that says, I can create and build with this. Right. Rather than a context in the midbrain that says, run away and hide. This is terrible. Exactly. Wow. Powerful, John. Um, You've written a book, Conquer Anxiety. This book talks about many of the things that we've talked about here on on our podcast today. Anxiety is, is the trap or the barrier or the, the, the great destroyer of dreams, and it doesn't have to be. Where can people get a hold of your book? Uh, we can get a hold of it on my website, johnskidmore.com. Just and that's J-O-N. J-O-N, skidmore.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon, another place to get that. Oh, big surprise. Wow. So (laughs) you're available on Amazon. How about that? (laughs) I know, right? That's kind of where we get our books now. Um, That's powerful. And you're also offering uh, coaching services. Yes. For people who are looking to increase their performance or hit that state of flow. And whether that's for a business presentation or a senior recital Uh or an audition for the local play that you want to be a part of. Right. All that kind of stuff. I do workshops periodically. I've got some workshops going on right now. Um, I'd be doing about one every quarter right now in terms of a workshop that's really a lot of fun. Oh, wonderful. So the website again, johnskidmore.com. 
Yep. Just like that. Wonderful. Spelled with a J-O-N. Folks, check him out. He is not only a friend and colleague of mine, but one of the best performance coaches that I know. And thank you for your good work, John, and the way that you're elevating everybody's performance. Thank you, Paul. It's a pleasure to be here and be part of Live On Purpose. Again. Again. I hope this is not the last time. You've heard it again (laughs) from Dr. John Skidmore. Now it's our turn to go live on purpose. 